We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com i'm, I'm still so pissed at how they ended game of thrones but yeah well that was can't, i can't make myself watch the more stuff I'm it's so not that bad it's no, I'm better sure it Sure it's better it than I thought it would be. What do you guys think? House of Dragons, yay or nay? That's what we're here to discuss. In addition, we'll also probably talk some PGA, considering it's the PGA DFS Strategy Show presented by Prize Picks here at Stochastic. I'm Ben Raza. That is Jeff Ulrich. Asked him if he watched Silverado. He said no. Asked him if he's watched House of Dragons. He said no. Asked him if he knew who Wilson Fur is. He said yes. And that is why we've got the man that we need for this show because we got some newcomers in the Sanderson farms field. How do you feel during swing season? (laughs) I mean, yeah, the the swing season is, it's kind of a little bit, it's hit or miss. I mean, you, you, you love it and you hate it. You love it because we get, you know, some, sometimes some good odds on players that, you know, that hasn't quite hit the the heat yet and, and gotten into the mainstream, but you also, it's just, you know, you get fields like this week where it's like Trevor Rubolo and Wilson for a round and at the bottom. And it's like, what are we doing here? What are we actually betting on? But um, we're going to, we're going to deal with it. And, you know, we got Sam Burns here doing the, the victory lap tour for the USA. And uh, I, I think that there's, there is some, some value down the board for betting. And I think for DFS, there's some interesting lines you can take. So look, every week is opportunity. That's all that matters. Right. I mean, you know, I've, I'm, I'm never going to pass up a chance to bet on the PGA, love golf betting too much, and 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 golf DFS. So somebody's gonna win. Somebody yep. will win this tournament. You before Hopefully. the show told me that at one point in your life you wagered actual dollars on the Gribbler, Cody Gribble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If you can I do mean, that, anyone is in play. Exactly. If I can hit Cody Gribble, guys, you guys can hit you know Trevor Werbelow or whoever's gonna win this week. So yeah, we can no all doubt. do this together. We're going to do it together. I want to ask you quickly. There's not a lot we're going to take into this week because a it's only Bez and Burns from the president's cup teams that are here. I thought everything kind of in some ways went according to plan. You know, the U S was in front, it tightened up, but did they at any point, did it really feel like they were going to lose? I would say no, no, not really. I mean, it was, you know, you you hope against hope that like maybe the internationals could have, I thought there was a small chance that like the, the, the Americans were just, they had just taken their foot off the gas after getting up eight, two. And then the, the internationals made that comeback, but it's just, it, the, the, when the talent gap is that wide, I mean, yeah, you know, like, unfortunately guys like Xander and, and Scheffler, well, Scheffler kind of sucked last week, but Burns even like these guys can just do it in their sleep. They're, they're just so good. And it's just such a deep team. So I don't know, internationals credit to them. 
Yeah, they made it a little exciting. That's that's pretty much all you we really hoped for at this event. They did cover. They covered they the spread. Cover. The spread was six. I, I wrote that up in the best bets on the uh, on the odds shopper. You know, the, the one interesting fact, and you know, maybe take this into the next President's Cup when we'll probably get a similar spread. Um, the only time that there's only been one time in the President's Cup that a team's won by more than six. So, um, you know, even even when the talent gap is that wide, it's still a big spread to cover for the favorite. Yeah, it was. I was a little frustrated. I had a JT top scorer ticket. And obviously, uh, you know, I was able to hedge out a little because I knew him and Spieth, you know, controlled their own destiny. So I did get to see Wu in that matchup, but I, I, I was disappointed there. And, and you meant, I think you kind of summed it up. Like Scheffler, it kind of sucked. You don't even pay attention because they have so many guys. They could afford yeah. that. On the other side, Corey Connors Oof. and your boys, the, the Canadians. Not great. Not great. <laughs> That was pretty bad. That, you know, unfortunately here in Canada, the, the running gag is like when we get to the big stage, we do tend to just, just, you know, throw up the cookies. The Olympics, it's the same thing. We get, we get favored in an event and it's like, we had a hurdler one year. She tripped over the first hurdle, Ben. She was Ooh. like the favorite for the 110 meter hurdles. What was her name? Perdita Felician. <laughs> yeah. Look it up on YouTube. Anyways, she literally tripped over the okay. first hurdle. So anyways. Well, your soccer team's getting good. Oh yeah, because that's because we're the scrappy underdogs. We're fine in that role. As soon as we're the favorites, it's not good. Just fade Canada when we get become favorite status. And it's also not. I'm sure this is why people are tuned in here. But it's really not fair that, you know, on World Cup qualifiers, you play like Nicaragua and you're you're playing in like the Yukon. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's was, so unfair. In my backyard, in the snow, bring it, yeah. kids. These teams from Central America who have never seen or, snow. Um, Mexico didn't even know what hit them. They're sitting on the so, field, just wishing they were back home and they're and they're sunny, you know, abodes. Yeah. And oh man, yeah, that was that was torture for them. You could tell it was rough. But you know what? We are here to break down Sanderson Farms. We're going to talk about that. We go to Jackson, Mississippi. All things uh, with the hurricane. I don't think it would affect this, but we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. This is a course we see every year. It's a par 72. You can be aggressive. You got to roll it on these Bermuda. When you look at uh, Jackson, what exactly do you see in terms of what we want here and what we're going to attack with? Yeah. So Jackson um, or whatever it's called. God, I, and I hate the way they name it. The country club of Jackson. It's yeah. called Jackson country club or something, but um, you know, again, we've seen this course before, like it's, it's, it's been a main part of the fall swing for seven years. You know, when it, when it first started out, like we had winners like Mel Natty and, and Ryan Armour here, shorter hitters, guys who just lit it up on these greens. So the greens are, are kind of one part of it. I mean, they're, they're from what players talk about and just what people talk about. They're some of the purest on tour. It's not a highly elevated course. So you get the lines going, you get the putter rolling here, and you can get hot. And that's pretty much like how Mel Natty, um, especially, you know, grabbed his win. And that's how a lot of the just even like the recent winners. I mean, Cameron champ gained like six strokes here putting when he won. So, you know, the, the putting is a big deal, but um, you know, recently we've seen it, you know, it, it's much like the Fortinet. Um, these, this four par fives in play, the good drivers of the golf ball, they've really taken advantage. They really just take advantage of these holes. It, it's a little bit of like a tree line setting, but you know, you can, you can cut corners. You can take driver on a decent number of holes and uh, Munoz burns, uh, obviously champ and, and Sergio, obviously, even when he won, I mean, good ball strikers, like guys who had good ball striking weeks, especially off the tee Burns just dialed it up everywhere last year, insane performance. He lost two strokes putting and still got to 22 under par. 
I don't even know how that's possible, but um, so, you know, lately we've seen the big drivers of the golf ball have an advantage. I think one thing to remember, like there's, this field is so weak that I, I don't know if you necessarily need to just look at like, you know, Oh, can this guy do it off the tee? How far does he hit it? Because there's really no, there's one Sam Burns in the field. And I don't know if there's anyone else capable of even coming close to replicating what he did. I don't know if there's anyone capable of replicating what Sergio did two years ago. So keep that in mind. I think that this event is just so wide open that, you know, obviously we want, we want to emphasize strokes gained off the tee, good par five play, but it, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that your player has to be bombing it like in top 20 and driving distance or something. Not at all. Um, it, would it help? Sure. But this is a, a glorified foreign fairy esque. What are you drinking? Oh, it's uh, like vitamin C drink. One of my kids uh, has a cold, so I'm just trying to, you know, get on top. It of looks, it looks probably better than it tastes. It looks pretty <laughs> it sweet. That good. Yeah. See, I can tell. Yeah. Um, you definitely want to be aggressive T degree and you're going to have to score. I think no matter what I would expect pretty generous scoring conditions. So whether you do that by decimating T to green and just holding it together, putting well, Sam Burns kind of showed you can do that even though it's atypical or you get crazy hot on the greens. We've had some guys gain 10 strokes putting at this event before. And yeah. that's, that's definitely in the cards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, uh, I mean, Denny McCarthy basically just gains five yeah. strokes putting here every year. Um, I, I mentioned like even Cameron champ, who's just a good spike putter, um, you know, aside from what he does off the tee and stuff, I mean, you know, he goes there. So I think that looking for players like that, I mean, you, you can, as, as you just said, like take the hard line strokes gain T to green approach, but also look at those strokes gain putting. I mean, if, if there's players and there is definitely like number of players in this field who can, just get really hot with that club. And, and obviously we want players who are trending well with strokes gain T to green and, and can obviously uh, looking good there. So, you know, players with, with good blends like that um, something to look at, but this, this, again, I just come back to it. This one's just so wide open. I don't think we necessarily need to like really cross. I don't want to say cross anyone off, but cross like a certain player type off because um, I think when it comes down to it, you're going to see like a variety of different names at the top this week, unless Burns just replicates what he did last year, which, you know, is probably a plausible outcome too. Yeah. He's class of the field. There's no doubt about it. We're going to dive into the top tier before I do. You see it on the screen, click below for a free month of stochastic plus and up to hundred dollar bonus with prize picks. They're going to match that first deposit up to hundred dollars with the promo code. Awesome. You can get it link in the description. If you haven't been over there, what we're talking about is perfectly applicable when you're gauging over under on various categories from golf to NFL to NBA, five player lineups up to 10 extra entry fee, and you can group. Okay. I think there's going to be a ton of birdies and you go over on these birdie or better props. Okay. I think it's going to be really easy with the fairways, fairways gain type props. It's just a totally different environment over there. You can attack different golfers. You got head to heads, a lot of great opportunities. Check out prizepicks.com. And again, when you get over there, why not take the free hundred dollar match as well as getting inside the ropes here at stochastic. So just a great opportunity there, but I want to ask you both on betting and DFS. So Sam Burns is the like overwhelming favorite in this event. I assume you're not betting him. No, but you know, it's funny. Like I'm not betting him because I think the number is bad. Like it is, but <laughs> I mean, it, and, and <laughs> I mean, I, I never bet guys at this number. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, but I also think that like, there's a pretty solid argument that like Sam Burns could be like plus 800 or plus 900 in this field. Right. Like I, I he's the 12th ranked player in the world. The next guy is Harris English um, at 45th. So 
like there's a pretty big gap. And, and I mean, oftentimes we'll see like JT go off at like 800 in, in a field like this, but Burns at plus 1100. Last time I looked on DraftKings anyways, you know, you, it, like it's, it's really, it, it's not bad, but at the same time, like this is a fall series event. And I mean, we just come back to the president's cup. I mean, I'm, I'm not trusting Sam Burns who actually played five matches last week, by the way, a lot of them went the distance and then, you know, staying up all night with Kevin Kisner or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not going there. I mean, I'm just not, it's, it's not, we, it, it it's, we, we feel like we're, it, it, we are in like this rut of where the, the, the favorites are definitely triumphing, but like, we only have to look back to the last event where Danny Willett makes a putt and a, a three footer. And all of a sudden like Max Homa didn't win. So like this will switch. I mean, the, the favorites, these guys are really good. They're, they're going to continue to win some events, but we'll also get on a stretch here where, you know, these 1100, these plus 1000 bets, they, they just don't hit for a while. And this is not a spot where I'm going to jump on Sam Burns, even though, like I said, I do think his odds could even be lower this week. Um, if, if you really want to get, you know, into the whole gap of, of talent in this field. At 10,700, I totally get it. Cause you've got a lot more room on the DFS side. Yeah. Not a crazy tag. I'm not going to bet him. I, I don't think, and who knows, I could be completely wrong. He's an LSU guy. Maybe this is important to him. If he didn't win this last year, I don't think he'd be here. There's no way. Right. I mean, I like, like the, the, it, there's a dual argument. Like I think it's a good course for him. And I think he, he legitimately likes the course he's played this before, but at the same time, I mean, where he is in the world rankings right now, like he doesn't need to play. He can just he can go to Mexico in a few weeks, do what he could just take most of the fall off, really, if he wanted to. He's, he's eligible for all the majors. So, yeah, yeah, I think that this is a defending champion just showing some love to the event. And I don't know, young guy who's probably just got a little bit more energy. He's like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show up this week. It's going to be popular. We'll see how popular as the week goes on. If you don't go to him, you've got Thigala, Poston, and Henley rounding out the first four, the 10K plus options. I mean, we immediately see the drop off. These are guys that are not typically in this range. Thigala is on the short list of guys that are supposed to win during the sweet swing season. Austin's a proven winner on tour. Henley's got the most experience of these guys. Where do you look as we actually start to break into the pricing? Yeah. So, I mean, again, we didn't, I talked about Sam Burns just in, in his, you know, where he sits and the odds and stuff, but from DFS too, like, again, I mean, he is like, I don't know what his ownership is going to end up at, but I've got to think he's got to be one. He's going to be one of the most popular players we've seen in a while. Like I remember John Rahm in Mexico, you know, you've got to be thinking that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. He's only 10, seven. So, you know, right off the bat, I mean, I, I as, as you said too, I mean, I think that in DFS, just piling into Burns is, is better than, than in the betting market. But at the same time, we can take a pretty aggressive line here. And when guys get up in this ownership, I mean, I think there's always validity to fading them. So, or at least creating some kind of, you know, opportunity where we're getting leverage on the field with some kind of lineup in some way. And so these four guys obviously are, are going to be kind of like the pivots and, 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 you know, you, you have to roster someone. I mean, it, it'd be pretty pretty interesting to maybe make like an all nine K lineup or like start in the nine Ks. But um, I, I think for me, like I, I can't get over the fact that McCarthy is up here. 
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday uh i i know that the putting upside is immense and we just talked about guys like melnati but for me like it's got to be henley here it's top five and birdies are better he's top five in approach if anyone is coming in and just like kind of doing a mini sam burns where he's gaining like 10 strokes ball striking it's got to be henley i mean i i know that the putter is the putter like i we know this and and you know but Sergio gained like three strokes putting here burns obviously won with losing strokes putting i think henley has a pretty good shot this week to kind of pop up. He's rested. He's coming in. He likes this part of the country. He's from George himself. So give me Henley here as like the pivot for DFS too. I think that just in terms of pure upside with this venue, that is, that is the guy who could, like I said, replicate a little bit of what Sam Burns did last year. And the interesting thing about a guy like Russell Henley. So first of all, he's played here twice, gained strokes putting both times. Long-term yeah. Russell Henley is not a bad putter. In fact, I, I would, kind of view him as a pretty good putter it's, it's just lately it's just it's so strange his career man like he he started off as just a absolute like smooth stroke everyone used to talk about how good his stroke was on the greens and then his ball striking picked up and like every it's like every ounce that his ball striking picked up his putter just got worse and worse and like he but he he'll pop up with good putting weeks like he'll still gain a couple strokes putting and I think the big thing is his ball striking is at that level now where we don't need him to gain Denny McCarthy strokes putting because he can, I, I mean, we just go back to last year, like a guy won here losing strokes putting. It can happen. Sergio only gained a few strokes. I think, I think, like you said, Henley does have it in him to, to do it. And he's just, he's again, we're just looking at stats here, ball striking. It's not even comparable between him and McCarthy who's better. So I'll take Henley. Um, I recognize why people like McCarthy. I'm not necessarily like completely against it. I think realistically, if you're taking from this pool, you're going to want to mix and match a little bit anyways, especially when you're making like non-Burns lineups. So I bet McCarthy at 25. I feel good about that a little more than he can just, the way he rolls it is just wild. Um, I'm with you though. I, I like Henley approach numbers, jump off the page, putting numbers historically are good. He clearly, and this is not a new guy, like Bermuda is his surface. Yeah. We know that. There's no debate uh, amongst that. Fresh restart. I expect Henley to play well here. Munoz is gone. He withdrew. Now we get serious because this is going to be the theme of this show in a lot of ways. Guys of various levels of pedigree coming into elements where we haven't seen them or we're judging them off four rounds. Case in point, Taylor Montgomery, he's 9,600. He came in third at the Fortnite. He gained a comical amount of strokes putting at the Fortnite. Who is this guy and why is he 9,600? <laughs> yeah, no, Taylor Montgomery, he's, um, I, I know I wrote up just in terms of like recent forum and stuff. He's giving off some, some like Cameron Young vibes right now, isn't he? Like he's, is he going to be the guy who just like top fives every week and, and comes in. I mean, he is, he is up here. He is, he's really strong off the tee. He's his ball striking stats are, are great. He's 
It's been doing it for a while on the Corn Ferry Tour as well. Um, you look at this setup again, like very much with, with the Fortinet. It's obviously a different surface and a different setting, but four par fives in play, you've got to be able to take advantage of it. I, 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 I'm always like late to jump on these players and I, I don't like, I, you know, we recognize them, but um, you know, for me, if Taylor Montgomery is going to be up there in ownership, I'm okay with it. I mean, like, you know, let other people take it and, and we'll see where it pans out like later in the year. I mean, if, if it comes into to January and he's still playing well, yeah, we'll, we'll get on it. But at 9,600 in this field, I just feel like there's too much opportunity um, to, to kind of jump on guys who are a little bit depressed in price. So um, I, I think it's a, like a decent setup for him, but I really have no idea what, what, what he's going to do this week. He, it's first time seeing the course too. He's priced up to what can only be described as his ceiling, I think. He's got you know Stallings, Bradley underneath. I mean, our, our guy Riley. Like I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not necessarily out. I just don't really like it for DFS at this point. So, I, I always am late to these guys unless there's a unique situation, particularly coming off the third place, which seemed wildly inflated based off putting on bent grass. Yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna click that when I can click Stallings. Rio is here. Davis Riley. Now, so you're the Davis Riley champion of this show. You love this guy. He loves this course. He he specifically likes this course. I believe he's from Mississippi. He yep. played this course a bunch. Davis Riley last year, it seemed like at times late in the year, he kind of just like ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. Quick start here was awful at the Fortnite, but he could not putt at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the big thing, right? Um, I mean, I, I think Riley long-term well underpriced in this field. Like, I mean, uh, you know, you're getting Munoz and Denny McCarthy in front of him. Um, you know, he opened it like plus 4,000 in some books as well. And, you know, like the, the recent forum doesn't really bother me because as you mentioned, like the Fortnite, he, he everything was fine. It's just like, he could not putt, but we've got, and, and it's the same thing you mentioned with Montgomery. Like, that's why you kind of worry, like, it's a similar setup. It's a par 72. And we like that. I think for both these guys, but you know, the, the putting surface is a big deal change and, and it is a little bit of a different setup just in terms of a little bit more classic design. So I think that favors Riley who we've seen colonial play well Valspar. And like, let's not forget, I mean, Sam Burns, where does he play? Well, he also plays well at the Valspar and he plays, he's played well here. So I think this is like, you know, big advantage Davis Riley, worry a little bit that, you know, the Mississippi connection, I sometimes hate jumping on guys in their hometown. It just seems to never work out. They get, they get all pressured up and all worked up, but ultimately what we have with Davis Riley, I think is just a player who's on the verge of doing great things. I think he's, he's got multiple wins in him coming in the next couple of years and there's no way I'm not jumping in on him here. Like there's zero chance. So I feel good about it. I like the fact he's coming in off a couple cuts for DFS. It'll keep the ownership lower. It's already inflated the odds. I got nothing bad to say here. You know, you just got to keep grinding with this guy. He, he's, he's too talented. If we get another miscut, it's going to be the same story from me probably next week, but I, I'm, I'm fully on board until uh, we get a good stretch from him. What do you make of my man with Grio? Nothing. Grio is really it's weird right now. I mean, like the, the putter is, is working for him and like the approaches have gone down a little bit. I, I think Grio is just like solid. I mean, I, I don't have 
anything bad to say about him. I expect him to probably, you know, he's, he's gaining strokes off the tee. I, you know, we mentioned like the Sergio archetype. I think Griot absolutely could come in here and, and, and dial up the approaches a bit. We know he's going to gain a monster strokes off the tee. The putter seems to be doing well right now. I mean, I, I kind of like him. Like, I think he's actually a little bit underpriced. I mean, we got St- Stallings up there, Bradley. Grillo's got a couple runner-ups now. He's made like a bunch of cuts in a row. I like I like a Grillo Riley combo to be honest. And, and if I'm looking at this range, you know, we just talked about Montgomery. I'm not a Scott Stallings guy. I don't know who is a Scott Stallings guy. Yeah, say yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a guy. It's just a guy out there. It's like just one guy is a Scott Scott Stallings guy. But I can't even say his fucking name. But uh, Keegan Bradley and then Bezaynud, who's coming off the President's Cup, and just I actually think Bez is overpriced here too. He's just not in the same realm to me, ball striking. So I really like Grillo and Riley there. Like those are the two guys I'm, I'm looking dead at in the nine K range and gets a great pair. Maybe you pair them with a 10 K get maybe even stuff them in with Hard. Burns or something, but what yeah, about starting? Like Love those two guys right there. Do you have any interest in starting like that though? Look, I, I think this is the, again, it's, it's Sam Burns. It's everyone else. And everyone else is to me, it's just like, every it's pretty much equal yeah absolutely get wild like why not i mean you can even add a third like you can start no problem rio riley hadwin rio riley detry molinax seamus whatever any of these guys in this next range sep straka as we kind of work to the mid-range sep straka detry hadwin harris english okay uh taylor moore who (laughs) uh, when i saw taylor montgomery's price I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's been playing pretty good. Uh, And then I realized I'm thinking of Taylor Moore, who is just going to make this a Ryan Blom, Ryan, whatever the other one's name is. Armor? (laughs) No, the other one. Brandon Blom, right? Yeah. You see? Yeah. Uh, Brandon is in this field, I think. Yeah, he is. He's sick. He's the min. And he's the mega bomber, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the hell Ryan Blom is doing. I I I love that guy. Um, where do you go though, when you kick off the eights? Yeah. Um, and, and again, like you, you can go, yeah. T- top three here with, um, you know, a, a guy in the top eight K range. I think there's two players I'm pretty interested in here and here as well. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to stay away from the Canadians this week. I think Hadwin's interesting, you know, it's a weaker feel, but I haven't seen too much from him. I'm not sure if I love this setup for him. I kind of like him on par seventies anyways. I think Sepp Strack and, and, and Dietry is actually, Thomas Dietry is, or Detry, I, I don't know, whatever. Um, but um, I, I think it's a really interesting setup for him. He's, he's talented. He's, he's strong off the tee. We, he can work those par fives as well. And, and you know, like for, as far as Euro Tour setups go and, and where he's performed, I think like the easier venues on tour, absolutely. Like this is probably where it's going to be for him. Like if it ever happens and, and he ever gets it done. Um, T5 at the BMW, that's great result. You know, again, another course uh, at Silverado, he put together a solid opener with, you know, 20 birdies on at the Fortinet. I like it. I, I like Dietrich this week at, at 8,800. Um, I'm not sure what he's projecting at over on Stochastic right now because I just can't remember off the top of my head, but he's got a little bit of ownership. So, you know, he's not going to be under the radar necessarily, but I, I, I think he's a fine play. I really do. I love this setup for him. Uh, I just like him as a player too. I mean, as, as someone who's bet Euro golf uh, consistently over the last five or six years. So I, I like it. I think Strack is also very interesting though. Um, again, a guy who can get hot with those irons and putter and, and kind of put together a big week on an easier course. 
uh, certainly going to ride and die with Detri. I, it doesn't, I don't want to group all these guys who come over, but at the same time, I've just seen it with Fertelli and Higo and Tom Lewis and those type of players. It's these type of events that A, they resemble European tour fields and strength and B, the setups really allow them to tap into their upside with less repercussions for errant shots. I think that Detri is a solid enough player, should be in the high eights. That's a buy for me. The guys I'm struggling with are the names that we see each week on tour, and they almost feel underpriced until you start to dig in. And what I'm referring to is Seamus, Trey Mullinax, Chris Kirk, and Gary Woodland. I mean, Gary Woodland's been 8K in majors before, but now they're here. Do you go to these guys saying fresh restart? You know, a guy like Seamus ran out of gas late last year. Or do you wait and say? Yeah, so Seamus Power is interesting. He's projecting really well and in, in, on uh, Stochastic this week. Um, I think it's a fair price for him. I don't think it's like massively underpriced or anything. I've never, yeah, I mean, like Seamus Power is one of those guys who I never really jumped on. Yeah. So I, I just kind of like am waiting for the downfall because I always think of him, you know, kind of like a guy floating between the two tours. And he just hit this hot streak where, you know, he grabbed the win at the Barbasol, he hit Will's hot, but it kind of lasted a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. But like, I, I'm, I'm not personally, I don't really, I'm not, I don't really have interest. Like I know he's projecting well in like long-term form. I think if you bring it in, I get why, but I would rather go down. My guy Mullinex is there who I do think is underpriced this week. I think it's a great setup for Trey Mullinex, you know, Alabama guy won his event last year, the same event power won, by the way, on Bermuda at an easy par 72. But Mullinex has the power off the tee to just slam a place like this. And he was T4 here last year. So I, I think everyone is going to be on Mullinex, and that's fine, though. I just think it's it's too good a spot for him to um, to kind of not get on. I am I am going back to my guy, Chris Kirk, here. And, I, again, it's not it's not really a setup thing. He has won this event. He won it. He won it as a rookie back in 2011, but it was called the Viking classic and it was played at some, some place called Annandale or something. The Viking classic. Yeah. He won it his rookie season. Um, So, you know, like he's got good vibes here. It was was played in Mississippi. It's played in the same state. I think the same city, just different course, but Kirk is, is, you know, T 43 last week again, like, you know, was, was sharp around the greens with the putter he he's played well at this event. Like he, he comes here every year and I, I don't really mind this setup for a guy like him who is kind of just good at everything. And if his putter gets rolling, like I think he can do some damage. I think for DFS and like a top 10 play anyways, Chris Kirk, I, I kind of just feel more comfortable with him than power. Cause I just think he's better than power. And I'm just, you know, everyone probably going to pile into Clark because he's he hits it big in the par fives. And then Gary Woodland is just like a no go for me at this point. So I kind of like Chris Kirk in this range. Um, I think you could use him and Mullinix together, much like you're kind of pairing like the Grillo um, Davis Riley combo up top. So we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? 
you can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. So I'll, I'll, I'll ride for my guy Seamus for the life for life. I think he's a better player than you think. I don't yeah. love this course for him though. He's thrived a little more. He's got a mixed bag, I will say, but I more think of him at heritage Corrales RSM where he's, he's thrived more than this, but this is a guy he was ninth at the PGA 12th at the U S open. He made the cut at the masters. He can play a little bit. Um, I am, I am a fan of Seamus in life. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, I, I fully admit, I probably underrated him. It's you got just, him off the tour. You got him down there with the cronies. Yeah, no, I mean, I do. I, I definitely underrated him for a bit and it, it bit me a bit, but I don't know. Yeah, um, I feel like he's normalizing a bit. So this will be interesting to see what he does. I think this whole season for him will be interesting to see if he goes back to like that 125 kind of like scraping by or if he, or if he pops up and, and look, if he stays in like the top 50, whatever this year, I'll definitely, you know, re-rate him in my, in my, you know, yeah. my fantasy grind model that I have. He's on yeah. the Ryder Cup yeah. team. Hot take. Seamus Ryder Cup. You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> um, Wyndham Clark, you've talked about. Now we start to, again, this is where you're going to get a mixed bag of the Brendan Steeles of the world. As I kind of talk about the upper sevens, Andrew Putnam, Brendan Todd. We've seen these guys a million times. Verse Aaron Rye. Justin Sue is back. Certainly Justin Lower lately has been a, a very relevant name. And it seems like he's got opportunities. He's a putting machine last year late. How do you look at this? Is it, is it one or the other, or do you kind of just break it down player by player? Yeah, no, I mean, I, to me, it's, it's kind of just like a player by player thing. I mean, and what I think you can do here too, is, you know, you start to take like player types. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned lower with his, you know, his putting and, and quite frankly, like he's just been good yeah, in a couple different areas, like off the tee as well. Um, really strong. So I think you can break it down to, to archetypes. Like Benny on was really, is, has been really good off the tee, not just last week, but like just lately. So, you know, maybe you pair like Lauer and, and, um, and Benny Ann together and go for that off the tee, um, you know, goodness, or, or maybe you take like a Todd combo with like Justin Sue and go for like the high end putters. Um, but to me, it would be just a player by player thing here. How, uh, how you want to rate it and how you want to rate these dudes. I don't have like a, a strong, strong take here. I mean, I think Justin Sue, if we're just going by pure talent and you said to me, I'm going to jump on Justin Sue while nobody else is on him. I'd be absolutely fine with that because I look at this and I think long-term that's probably true. Um, I do see that people are, and again, stochastic.com guys got the, the ownership projections up and, and I got them in front of me now. Um, you know, Dean Burmeister was a player at the start of the week. I was like, oh, I was playing Dern Dean Burmeister hits it a mile. This is going to be great. He's projecting for like almost 15% ownership. So for me, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of out. Like I don't, I don't necessarily need to go there with him. I do think it's a good setup. The par five, the, the birdie or better percentage is there. But I think when, when I get to this range, this is really where I don't necessarily want to be landing on heavy chalk. Justin Sue is actually is projecting with some ownership, but yeah, that, that makes guys like lower a little bit more interesting. Like, I just don't think that people know that name and uh, aren't are necessarily going to go there. So 
he's interesting. I don't think people jump on Benny Ann at all. Kevin Streelman is also a player who's had a lot of success at this event. Um, pretty solid off the tee for like a shorter hitter. I don't mind going there either. I want to just pass it right back to you real quick because you, you mentioned some of these, you know, really good off the tee players and maybe going to that. Is there something about Brendan Steele that has you hesitating possibly because off the tee numbers for him, I mean, they jump off the page. Yeah. And I think that's another player like in this range who seems to be just not having the highest sentiment. So um, I, I would, I would, I'd be fine with Brendan Steele this week. I actually kind of like him. And, and I mean, Brendan Steele is, you know, he, I think he got a lot of love at the, at the Fortinet and, you know, we, we see him sometimes pop up when he gets in grooves where, you know, people jump on him, but you no know, coming off a missed cut. I, he's still hitting it. Well, I mean, solid off the tee. I, I don't mind taking a shot with him at all this week. Um, I don't really have a, a, any reason to like hate him other than the fact like his putter can blow up, but we're in a range where, you know, most of these guys have some kind of flaw, whether it's inexperience, you know, with Todd being bad off the tee, um, you know, Benny on just being Benny on. I mean, so yeah, Burn I mean, Brennan Steele, <laughs> I think is, uh, is, is fine, quite frankly. And, and like I said, you, you use the stochastic projections, use him versus Burmeester. You're getting almost half the ownership on steel right now, uh, which I think is really interesting because as much as I, I respect Burmeester and, and, you know, he had a really good season last year. It's still a little bit of a stretch. I think to say that he's kind of at Brendan Steele's level in terms of consistency and just career. So, yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. So I, I do think again, he, when you, when you talk about these type of tournaments, I think skill sets are so important because you don't have well-rounded players. Like most of these yeah. guys have one or two areas that they are just below an average PGA tour player. And that's just the reality of it. And as we work down, got a guy like Mark Hubbard, pretty well-rounded, doesn't do anything immaculate, maybe the irons, I guess. Uh, you've got Nick Hardy, who I think is pretty interesting, gaining off the tee without being crazy long. You mentioned Streelman. I certainly like Benny on. I see the drop off. I say it every show. There's one price range where it starts to get bad fast. After you get to Benny on, I mean, maybe it's because Zach Blair is next on the list, and I'm not the biggest Zach Blair guy. Ooh, Robbie Shelton, Will Gordon. Zhang Chang Du, I believe that's Marty Du. Um, yeah. fuck, I, what? Low sevens are getting wild. It, the low sevens are there. It is wild, but like some of these guys are also playing well, right? Um, and it's it, it's kind of like begging us. I mean, we're a lot of these players are untrustworthy. I think is the problem because they they do tend to yo-yo up and down. Like Will Gordon. Um, I think actually sets up nicely for this course too, but you know, it feels like the, the rug is going to get pulled pretty quick or it definitely could, but he's strong off the tee. He's been consistent of late. He's, he had grabbed a win like, um, you know, two months ago. I, I think Will Gordon could, could definitely pop up here with like four gettable par fives. So at 7,300, like I'm interested. I mean, you're right. Like he's not as probably as strong a play as, as the guys in the upper seven K range, but I think his upside is, is very similar. Um, and then, you know, our guy, my guy Jaeger is there, um, gaining solid approaches. I'm not, I'm not really advocating for him this week. I think again, of course, maybe just a little bit too long. We want players who are at least like decent off the tee. Um, but 
know, you, you could go down and um, now I've, I've like lost the two other dudes down here that I was going to bring up Davis Thompson, uh, another beast off the tee. He's like, you know, top 10 in driving distance had a great week at the Ford net. Um, I think he could, he could dial it up with, with another guy. He's, he's from this part of the country as well. So another Davis, you can play, you can play the Davis combo um, and win sure. all the money, but I, there are playable players down here. And I will say this, I'm playing Patrick Rogers for the simple fact that he busted for everyone at the Fortinet when they were all on him, and no one's going to play him here. There's still four par fives in plays, really good par five players, good off the tee. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go back to Patrick Rogers in, in this range and, and play like 5% owned instead of 15% owned. I get Patrick Rogers plus 140 for a top 40. I, I, I don't really yeah. get that. I'll be honest. What about Luke List, though? Because, again, Luke List – if you look at the off the team metrics, he's better than all these guys, but he's Luke list and his putting is broken. He did not look good. Yeah. And do you think there is something on a, I don't want to get too philosophical, but like Luke list is not going to be living and dying with how he plays this week, where some of these other guys, this yeah. is their first or second chance to really make a mark on the PGA tour. They just got up here. You would think they're a lot more focused. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the problem with list right now. I mean, like, and I'm, I'm fine. I mean, if you say you want to take a shot with him, absolutely. Just realize what you're getting into because this could take all fall for list to show up and maybe yep. shows up at like the RSM in the last event puts up like a T10. He'll probably pop at some of these events, but like, is it going to be this week? I have no idea. It could be Mexico. If he, if he pops, like he's probably the class of this, this range, I guess, in a lot of ways. I mean, he's obviously won the farmers, but um He's just, he is what he is. Like when he gets in these ruts and he can't putt or his ball striking takes a dip, it's just, it's a stretch to even make the cut, which absolutely will kill your lineup. So complete boomer bust play with Luke list. Uh, I get taking a shot, but I'm just of the opinion, like with him, he list, list is pretty easy to, to, to measure. Yes. He puts in like a top T 12 or a T 10 when no one notices, and then he'll just ride it for the next couple months. And he'll probably hit a couple other times. I'd rather just wait and, and see him put together something. I think I would as well. Uh, a couple things from chat. Thoughts on Hubbard? I really don't have a strong take. I think this course fits him fine. It's not the best course in the world for him. He's more of a Bankrafts putter as well. But he's a good cut maker on tour. The price feels about right. I have no issues yeah. with Mark Hubbard this week. I would probably – I don't have any issues either. The only thing I'd say, I probably would rather play Svensson, who's been – a little bit more I. consistent. And I think just has a little bit better upside just with his, you know, how, how good his irons is. This is. He's improved his putting too. Tokyo Swan, friend of the show. The man who gave us Tom Kim before anyone even knew who Tom Kim was. He is very high on Marty Dew. Peaking at the right time. Play him if you like off the tee, guys. I will put him in my bomber stacks then, uh, or guys that are going to gain off the tee. <laughs> I don't know if this is your burner. Bew Hill. You always have to have at least one Jaeger lineup for when that day comes and it's coming. I, I believe that at one point, I'm not sure. I believe that that day is coming anymore. I hope <laughs> you believe that guy's going to win on tour. Who Jaeger? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, like five times. he's definitely winning here. Oh, definitely winning. That's good. Uh, Patrick Rogers. I'm in on last couple guys and then we'll, we'll get egregious. We still have plenty of time here. I like that. By the way, I do like that Marty Doe call. I think that's he's, he's, uh, he's been around for a bit and, when, when he gets hot, it's he's talented. Who is Paul Haley? Yes. Yes. You I want to say, oh, no. Okay. It wasn't who I was thinking of. I got nothing here. 
Okay, great. Paul Haley, 7,100. Gained six and a half strokes at the Fortnite. Another one of these guys. We saw him 10 years ago on the tour. And yeah, then he's we like have 34. It's actually yeah. kind of an interesting story. Interesting story, but I'm just, I would rather go to CT Pan, to Brandon Wu, to Lee Hodges, to Hayden Buckley. Before I go there, Ekro, another name we've seen pop up here and there. Any of these guys standing out amongst the others? Obviously, the tools at Stochastic will do a lot of the legwork for us as we get closer to Thursday. For me, Brandon Wu and CT Pan are probably where I'm looking, even though I don't think it's the best course for them. Where are you looking in the flat to lower sevens? Yeah, so I already mentioned Patrick Rogers. Um, I, I definitely don't mind that. I think that um, Matthew Neesmith is interesting here, too. I'll probably take a look at him. Again, um, you know, this is a player who we've seen pop for and, and get up there in price in, like, stronger fields. So now he's depressed down at 7,100. The recent form doesn't look good, but this is a different part of the country. This is typically, you know, this is where he's from, um, not specifically a state, but close by. And, you know, Bermuda Greens, great can get great on uh can get really hot on the approaches i think neesmith is interesting don't have a hot like ekrode is is probably the player i would go to that like will probably garner lower ownership here he's been consistent um i i like what he does just in terms of consistency with the ball striking as well so that that is probably who i'd be looking to I'm, I'm gonna have to look into paul haley a little bit after this now but um i don't have like a hot take about him or anyone else in this range Lipsky is a guy I'll sometimes play. He's up there at 7,200. Uh, he's just a consistent, good all-around player. But again, it's a little bit longer course. The easier scoring is probably good for him. I just don't know what the upside is. I think the upside is probably better with Neesmith, even a guy like Ekro probably. So those would be the two guys I'm definitely looking at at 7,100. What about Hayden Buckley, though? Because Hayden Buckley has gained strokes off the tee. Yeah. Basically, in every event, he got hot with the irons for a little bit. Couldn't fully make it happen and never really broke through. He made seven straight cuts, but he had nothing in, in the top 10, only one inside the top 20. I just, I, can't, I, don't, I, I don't think he can go low enough. That's my problem. Like, that's why I'd almost rather because play of the putter Rogers in this range, because I know Rogers can come through with like eight strokes putting. Um, I just, and, and even Neesmith, like, you know, you can get hot with the irons or, or the putter. I just don't know what Buckley's upside is with that club. And you know, I mean, again, like very like consistency with the, the 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 ball striking. I absolutely like appreciate that, but I, yeah, I guess you know, it's been a year basically since his top his last top ten, and it was it was in the, the fall swing. So you could play for that, but I, I think I've seen enough where like he hasn't really replicated it since then. I'd probably rather play the the more proven players. I do think that Hayden Buckley's, and again, this is a dangerous game to play is more likely to make the cut than most of the guys here. But I would say that he's also one of the lower top 10 equities in this very range. And last guy for me, and this is getting pretty deep, but I kind of like this for a tournament play. What about Michael Glickich? Because he pops. He You're going to get more missed cuts, but this is a guy that has shown a little more upside. He was 10th at the John Deere. He was 16th at the 3M. He can pair up really good off the tee play with an electric putter at times. I think he's got more variance to his game than most in this range. He's not going to be yeah. popular at all. He's got three appearances at Sanderson Farms. I I think he's the type of some player we could get from the clouds this week. 
I mean, I liked him at the Fortinet for all the reasons you just mentioned. Well, wow. and you know, he obviously let me down there, but I mean, that that's what you're going to get from this range, right? Like you're going to get uh, random results where they're just, you know, they're, like you you mentioned, all these guys have flaws. Glick is just great off the tee. He can he can get hot with the putter, and it would not shock me in the least if if he turned it around. Um, so yeah, that was. Atypical putting from him there. Like he lost three and a half strokes putting at the four and he wasn't good overall, but that yeah. certainly didn't help. Yeah. I mean, like, again, it's same type of player. Have we seen the best from him? Like, you know, over the last couple months and are we now going to see like, you know, five missed cuts out of six, that's definitely a scenario, but you know, what we saw from him in the summer was pretty good stuff for a guy who's 7,100 right now. And I, I do like this course a little bit easier setup. Uh, I, the the move after what he did at, at the Fortinet has to be good over to the Bermuda grass. I mean, he was so bad there. So yeah. Um, I'd certainly rather play him than like party Marty. I yes. put him in the same kind of bin as Neesmith. I think, I think those guys have pretty similar upside for a little bit different reasons, but um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, if I'm going to bring up Neesmith and in, in his record, his recent form, um, Glickich is, is definitely in, in the same kind of area. I think both guys can push for a top 10 at, at, uh, at this kind of event. So, Oh yeah. All right. 6k range. Before I do that, I do want to say quickly again, the true rider dies are with us for Sanderson farms on a Tuesday at the end of September. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. Obviously, you know what we got going on at this channel. I do want to give a quick shout out. You like betting if you bet golf you bet other sports odd shopper youtube go check out what we've got going on over there a really really good community we're building it up it's all the same faces that you see here just talking more betting centric so i just want to give a shout out to odd shopper youtube and everything we've got going on over there go over there subscribe check out the sanderson farms video did a show yesterday on it maybe i did talk about patrick rogers in that i'm not sure i talked about any of these guys though <laughs> T-Dunks leads us off. You've got Molnati who tears this course apart. You've got someone named Matthias, not Schwab, Matthias Schmid. Maddie Schmidt. That's Maddie Schmidt, right? No, is that, know. is that Maddie? No. Oh my Matthias Schmid. He's from Germany. Am I, is there like a different? Yeah. Who did, who is this guy? Did you just make someone up? Well, no, Maddie Schmidt is, he Two. almost won at, um, he almost won the, uh, oh my God, what event was that? He almost won the Barbasol. I think this yeah, is it the is, same it guy. It is Matty Schmidt. Okay. It, they, okay. They, it is Matty Schmidt. It, they, it, they've changed his name to Matthias Schmidt. He goes by Matty Schmidt. Okay. That's hey, good. Fine. It Sorry. makes him more exotic. I like that. Well, I was, I was like, oh my God, is there actually two of these dudes? And one of them's going by Ryan Matty Brem, Ryan Blom. Oh my God. Thank God. Okay. It's the same guy. Carry on. Sorry. Well, you, you're going to, I know you want to talk about Nicholas Lindham. So, <laughs> oh yeah, of course that guy's back like three years. He is best putter in this field down here. That guy is a world-class putter. Can't do anything Absolutely. else though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think this is the, I'll get right to it. I don't think this is the best course for Tyler Duncan. I play Tyler Duncan a lot. I don't love him here. Do you No. What uh, about Johnny? Huh? Same concerns for me. Yeah, no Johnny Ho. Um, I, I again, I think of this range too. Um, I, I would rather I, I'd rather look at guys who have a little bit more like just you know T to green, like Smotherman. I think is a good fit. Um, Adam you know, Long. He brings, he brings some some T to green stuff, uh, just solid off the tee, and and you know he's shown 
the ability to get a little bit hot with the putter or at least gain us a couple strokes, which I, I think is a good recipe for like a top 20, top 25 here for a guy like Smotherman. So that, that is the player I'm, I'm pretty interested in this week. But, you know, if you're not going to go with that, I, I would look for, you know, these shorter hitters like, like her, Tyler Duncan, look, look for some putting upside or some, some players who are just, you know, really good off the tee or something like that. Um, we, we are definitely in the, in the range where like, there's not that much available, but that's why I think Smotherman is, is such a good play down here. I mean, well, not such a good play, such a good play for his range, but um, I don't really see that many, you know, I, I think Matthias Schmidt is, is actually <laughs> jokes aside. Like I don't mind him. He's, he's really strong off the tee. Um, that's kind of his game. He, uh, he did play really well at the Barbasol. Like he, he did have the lead there. Another par 72 that he kind of tore up for three rounds and the nerves just got him in round four. So Schmidt is actually a player I would take a look at this week. Um, but Smotherman to me, I think is like the class of this kind of 6,900 range. All right. I got, there's a lot going on here. One, everyone in Florida, we got a lot of Floridians in the chat. Stay safe, everyone. Ekaveria oh, uh, yeah, sure. wrestled the Cayman. Do tell. Uh, I'm going to need more information on that. Why? I shouldn't say why, because I don't, I'm not trying to lead the witness, but what about Adam Long? To me, Adam Long is someone that has shown upside and pedigree for quite a while. He's 6,700. He's not going to be popular. He's not playing the best golf in the world, but long-term, he's not leaking strokes off the tee, and his irons and putting are a serious upside. He can go crazy low. Yeah. 67? Yeah, I mean, I, I dare say I barely even realized he was in this field until like five minutes before the show, so... Um, I, I, I agree. Like just from a, a talent perspective, it's almost strange to see him. I mean, he, he was a, he was a pretty consistent play like mid summer here, like Canadian open through 3M. I mean, that's not that long ago. And he's just been a streaky player through his whole career. I mean, he won his, his, his event, you know, going up against, I think it was against Phil, right. In the final round yes. where he, when he shipped the Amex. Um, yeah. but he was coming in off like three, four missed cuts he'll go from zero to a hundred in, in a heartbeat. Um, and look, he shot 78 in the Fortinet. He shot 68 in round two. I mean, you know, it's all he's got to do is just like not be awful in round one. He's, he's definitely going to have at least a shot at making you cut 6,700 down here. Um, I don't know what Joel Dahman's doing right now, but I guess it's, it's, it could be a similar kind of play with Joel Dahman. Um, just a pedigree thing where if his irons pick up, you know, top 10, Definitely could be on the table. I would probably prefer Long between those two, but um, I think Joel Dom and, and and Adam Long, very similar players um, from the perspective of when they get going, like they're going to be huge values. If they do get going this week, they'll look like huge values at the end of the week. There's definitely, I'm going to throw in one more. And again, it's going to be guys that aren't the most glamorous because we've seen them. I think that Adam Shank is kind of an interesting yeah. sleeper down here. He's someone that has shown he can go crazy low. He made the cut at Fortnite. He can get out with the putter, good with the irons. I have no issues with that. Matthias Schwab actually is in the tournament. I legitimately didn't know that. Yeah, no. How low are we going? How low are we going here? Are we getting to... the hell is Brent Grant? Like... This is where it gets dangerous. You can't just be playing people to play him, but who do you see in the low to mid sixes? Yeah, so low, low to mid sixes. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think that 6,500 is probably, maybe 6,400 we'll call it because uh, we've got like Streb and Piercy there. You could kind of think about 
Uh, I would probably lean Scott Piercy between those two veterans, but it's with like a, a fairly heavy heart that I say that. Just just from, a, you know, again, like this is a bit of a veteran's course, been around for a while. It's not overly difficult. Scott Piercy is a player we, we saw show up at, at the 3M Open and, and like just about win that event. I was just talking about Matty Schmidt getting, you know, final round jitters. I mean, Piercy really blew that one. I uh, gave it to Finau on a platter. So, but I, I think that like a Piercy play down here, if you're looking at the 6'4", six, six, that's fine. It's very similar in, in style to our kind of Adam Long play where, you know, th- these are veterans in a weaker field. I think you could think about them. Oh, I, I completely forgot about this guy. Jimmy Walker's in the field uh, again. Did you hear about Jimmy Walker and how he's going to retire? What? No. He was going but... to retire, but because the live guys went, he got some kind of exemption or he got some kind of status. And now he's decided not to retire. Jimmy Walker, at he, he blasted, he scorched it at the four. I think he was like first in strokes gain approach or something like that. So, um, I actually think Jimmy Walker is very playable down here. Um, it's, you know, it's taking your life in your own hands, but if I'm going to bring up Scott Piercy and you know, at least we have some, some pedigree here with Jimmy Walker and, and some recent form to go off of. So yeah, I think he's actually playable down there. Um, he's, he's so under like just low that I almost forgot about him, but yeah, I, I mean, if I'm dipping into the 6,300 range, you know, like I, I it's actually funny because you see Nick Watney down there at 6,200. And Nick Watney finished runner-up at this event last year. So if Nick Watney can come in and put in like a, a hero, you know, runner-up finish, then you know maybe maybe we'll get something special from Jimmy Walker. Um, but I think he's he's actually he's worth a shot at 6300. That's that's pretty much as far as I would go. Um, there's no one else down here that I huh. feel super strongly about. Maybe maybe you're gonna bring someone up that I'll probably not. Uh, Jimmy Walker. Yeah, Lyme's disease ruined Jimmy Walker. That. Could be true. Lyme disease also ruined me. I had Lyme disease. It's terrible. Really can screw you up. Yeah, Lyme disease messes people up. I I was. I I know. I didn't. I was picking winners at a ridiculous clip. Got Lyme disease. I haven't hit it outright in months. Uh, Yeah, and I didn't even know I had it. They couldn't figure it out. It was actually terrible. Um, I don't think I'm gonna go super. First of all, we've talked about this a lot. When you're paying up and you can double up with Rory and Rom. It's yep. like, okay, I'm going to jam this guy at 6,300 to do that. You're going to do that so you can get Thigala and Burns? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to really give up much by just going very balanced. So if there are guys down here, I would have to actually like the play rather than well, going yeah. to them to unlock something up top. Yeah, and I th- like I, I'll say this. I think that long, you know, even, even my Walker play – uh, Dom and I think those guys are, like you said, they're probably too variable to consider just going like superstars and scrubs. I do like the Shank call. That is the one player. I Shank. like these setups for Shank, where the part where there's par fives, it's very scorable. He can just get get it going, and he's made a couple cuts in a row. And I know I was looking at him early in the week. That's a player where if you're looking for like maybe a top forty bet or something too, or top twenty odds, I would really take a hard look at, at Shank. And I like him for DFS. I really like that play. Cause if, if he goes, the birdies will be like, he'll be in like a winning lineup. So um, again, like Ben said, you don't have to necessarily go that crazy at the top, but if you're going to make those lineups, I would definitely look to Adam Shank. I really like that call long and Walker. Well, I mean, 
I'll, I'll stand beside my Walker call, but Long and Damon, but we're just kind of trying to pick like when they're going to go off. They're fine. But I think Shank is like legitimately he's he, this, this is a good setup for him. I'm not, you know, with swing season golf, I don't play the same type of volume. Even if I make only like one team, Shank is going to be on uh, that team. He is one of my favorite plays. He's definitely my favorite GP. Don't think he's getting the love that he deserves. He's that type of guy that pops up. So I am there with that one last thing we got so many deals going on prime time use that promo code what does it do nobody knows actually that's a lie i know exactly what it does it gives you weekly access to nfl primetime package for a single dollar all those showdown and single game slates you get to see those tools that everyone talks about on these shows for a single dollar so when you go to checkout the link is in the description already uh and it's in chat Sign up and use that promo code PRIMETIME, showdown lineup generator, player and ownership projections, expert Discord chat, lineup builder. It expires at the end of this month. It's a great time to take advantage. Seven days for a single dollar. I didn't know if we were going to make it an hour, but we did. We did it. We did it. I am tired. Me and Tyler, man behind the glass, have been going with shows all morning. So you have so much content available at this stochastic network and over on odd chopper friends going to be a fun tournament at Sanderson farms. Everybody stay safe with the hurricane and let's try to enjoy some golf. Have you any questions that we didn't get to at the fantasy grind at jazz Raz DFS Twitter handles are there until next week, until next time. Good luck. Enjoy the tournament. And we will talk to you guys soon. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.